today we are continuing to walk right through the book of Nehemiah. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 27 through 47 this morning. We don't have the music to prepare our hearts. We, we usually like to sing. It focuses our attention upward. It calms our thought processes. So without the music, because of the venue, I want to just draw your attention to stop whatever you're doing for the moment. Let's go to the Lord with a prayerful attitude. I've got a slide here that you can look at as you do that. So we want to pray and we want to ask the Lord to prepare our hearts to hear His Word. So God, it's your word. It's your spirit who inspired your word. It's your spirit that lives in me. It's your spirit that lives in all of these who are watching and listening today. So Lord, we ask that you would help me as I communicate your word to be tied to your word, to be faithful to your word. Lord, that you would help me as I look through a lens to envision the hearts and minds of the people. Lord, it's people that matter. The, the people that will be hearing what your word has to say and Lord, may we not be distracted by other things, but may we for a moment just pause and listen to what your word would have to say to our hearts, to allow your spirit to speak to us, to allow us to recalibrate our minds on you during the midst of this chaotic world that we live in. Prepare our hearts, Lord. God, I confess that I am a sinful, flawed vessel. There's nothing in me worthy of anything from you. And Lord, that's true of all of us. Lord, we bring no pride, we bring no arrogance, we bring no trophies, we lay them all down, we humbly bow at your feet, we kneel before you, Lord, because you are the only one that is worthy. And so, Lord, we confess our human frailty to you, we confess our fears to you, we confess our sinfulness to you. God, we are a people that are so quick to flee away, so quick to do wrong. So, God, help us as we look at your word. Help your spirit to allow us to, to have faith and to have a courage to stand boldly for you and to be wise. Lord, as we come to this particular text, we want to give thanks and we want to be joyful. So ask us, Lord, help us to rejoice and give thanks for the good things you have given us. And, and today I, I can't help but think about the hope of the gospel. Lord, that no matter what happens in this world, we have a hope and a peace that goes beyond this world. So Lord, today may we not despair May we not look at everything around and sink into a deep, dark hole of self. May we not put ourselves at the center of the universe, but Lord, may we be thankful and rejoice that you are God, that you are on your throne, that you are sovereign, and that you are in control of all things. However it may turn out, you are in control. Now, Lord, as we look at your word, help us to focus on it, help us to learn from it. Help your word to dwell in us richly so that we may live a life characterized by being full of the Spirit. Help us to be a Psalm 1 Christian planted beside the living waters of your word. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, hopefully you are right now in Nehemiah chapter 12 looking at verses 27 through 47. So let me prepare you for the text that we're going to go through. Today we are looking at a text and this text brings to a culmination the story of Nehemiah. Now, we're going to have a chapter 13. It's kind of like the hidden scenes afterwards in the Marvel movies that gives you a glimpse, a forecast of things to come. It, but right here, we have the bow being tied nicely on the picture. Ezra has come. He has rebuilt the temple. Nehemiah has come. He's rebuilt the walls. All of this has happened not because it's about a building or not because it's about the walls that are around the city, but it's so that the city of Jerusalem, the place of God's glory, would receive 
have his people there giving him praises and worship in the temple. So we see this pairing together of Ezra in the temple, Nehemiah in the walls, all of the people coming back together, celebrating, rejoicing, and being thankful. And it all merges in this beautiful picture of where they're going to march around the walls and then they're going to gather at the temple and they're going to give thanks to God and they're going to rejoice for what God has done. A people that has been, they've been in captivity. They have been taken away. They have wondered about their future. We can relate to that. We can identify with that right now. A people that are not in the place that they normally want to be. We are all in stay-at-home orders. We are, we are all having some difficulty or difference with the way that life is living and wondering what's going to happen. Well, this is the end of the story. The end of the story for these who have been captive is that God brought them back. He restored them to the city. He treated them like no other nation. And as he restored them back to this moment, this is their time to celebrate. Lord willing, this fall, we'll have a similar time to celebrate all together here on our campus. I want you to take note to a couple of different things in the text that's going to lead us to our main idea of the text this morning. We're going to see the word thanks or thankful or choirs that give thanks, which actually is one word, we'll get to that, in verses 27, 31, 38, 40, and 46. It's repeatedly in this text about being thankful. It's a good word for us today, to be thankful. Even as we could look around in despair, we say, no, I want to be thankful. We also see the word joy or rejoice, and it occurs five times just in verse 43 alone. So here we see the culmination of the temple and the walls, Jerusalem, the city being repopulated. When they come together, what do they do? They rejoice, they have joy that God has given them, and they give thanks. So as they do this, it leads us to our main idea of the text. Rejoice and give thanks for what God has done. It's not all about Ezra. It's not all about Nehemiah. It's not all about the people who have built buildings or built temples or built walls. It is all about what God has done. Stewards and not owners in this life. So here's our outline of the text as we look at the text this morning. We're going to see in verses 27 through 30, the preparation for celebration. We're going to do some things to get ready. It's common. And then you're going to see in verses 31 through 43, the procession of the celebration. That's where they're going to get up. They're going to walk on the walls. They're going to sing and they're going to rejoice. They're going to use instruments. We're going to get into that. It's a great time of celebration. And then you're going to see in verses 44 through 47, provision for the continued celebration. On that day, they appointed some people. They put everything in place so that the temple would continue. Let's walk through our text here. We begin with point number one, preparation for celebration. Look with me here in verses 27 through 30, and we'll make some comments as we go through this. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they saw all of the Levites in all of their places. It's kind of like us sending out invitations for a graduation ceremony or something of that nature for a wedding. We send out the invitations to compel everybody in. This is what they did. They sought the Levites in all of their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness. You hear the word joy even in gladness. And with thanksgiving. We see it there for the first time. And how were they going to do this? With singing and with cymbals and with harps and with lyres. And the sons of the singers gathered together from the districts surrounding Jerusalem and from the villages of the Netophathites and the Beth Gilgal and from the region of Geba and Asmaveth. And for the singers had built for themselves villages around Jerusalem. And the priest and the Levites, note what's happening here. 
There's a purification that's happening here, and it says the priest and the Levites purified themselves. So if we want to minister to others, you purify yourself first. Now, we don't go through all the rituals that the Old Testament has. We come to God with a humble heart, confessing our sin before Him, seeking to repent of our sin, to turn from that sin, not to embrace that sin, not to make peace with that sin, but to make war against our sin through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word, and we confess before Him so that we make ourselves humble and presentable to a holy and righteous God, which only comes through being covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. They purified themselves first, and they purified the people. It's more about the people than it is about a building. It's more about the people than it is about the gates. It's more about the people than it is about a wall. And yet here in this dedication, it says, after they purify the people and the gates and the wall. So they sought the Levites. They brought them in to dedicate them with gladness, thanksgiving, and singing. So the word dedicate, we kind of know what that means. It really means, though, it is hard to offer or to give. So if I dedicate my life to Christ, I give my life to Christ. Now, giving my life to Christ, that one-time decision may be an easy decision. The really hard decision is every day when I get up out of bed, not to want to take it back, to really give my life to Christ. Whatever you want, God, that's what I want to do. I want to live in a way that honors and glorifies you. Here they were dedicating the walls and the temple. God, whatever you want with these buildings, with these facilities, with these places, we, the people, give them to you. We recognize they are good gifts from you. We give them back to you. Stewardship, it's key here. They use cymbals and harps and lyres. Now, if you play a musical instrument, here you are. Musical instruments have been used for a long time, for a long history in celebration. I'll come back to that more at the end. And then purification. Let's come to the Lord with humble hearts, confessing our sin before Him, acknowledging our weakness and our frailty. Asking God to give us grace and mercy. We see here a second point. This is the procession of the celebration. Look with me in verse 31 as I read through verse 43. Then I, and we note here, wait a second, I. This, that's right, this reminds us. It reminds us back to chapter 7, verse 5, which was the last time we heard these words written in that first person tense. It, it moved away as we've kind of allowed Ezra and others to have the spotlight with the reading of the word. Now Nehemiah comes back in here in verse 31. Then I brought the leaders of Judah up onto the walls and appointed two great choirs that gave thanks. Now this word, the great choirs that gave thanks, is actually one Hebrew word, todat. It means thanksgiving or confession, and we see it in verses 31, 38, and 40. It's translated as the choirs that gave thanks. So if the word means thanksgiving or confession, why is it translated this way? It's these choirs were actually singing praises to God, and through the singing of the praises to God, the thanksgiving to God, by glorifying His name in this way, they were choirs that gave thanks. They were actually fulfilling the purpose of that word. So here we see it once. We're going to see it two more times before we finish with this particular point of reading. Now, one went up on the wall, and if you, if you imagine the city, they went south and began to move counterclockwise. So this is what we see first. One went on the wall to the south to the Dung Gate. And after them went Hosiah and half of the leaders of Judah, and Azariah, Ezra, Meshulam, Judah, Benjamin, Shemaiah, and Jeremiah, and certain of the priests with trumpets. 
Zechariah, the son of Jonathan, the son of Shemai, the son of Mattaniah, the son of Micaiah, the son of Zechur, the son of Asaph, and his relatives Shemaiah, Azarel, Melaliah, Gilaliah, Maiah, Nathaniel, Judah, and Hananiah, with the musical instruments of David, the man of God. And Ezra, the scribe, went before them. He was in front of them, before them. At the fountain gate, they went straight up uh, before them by the stairs of the city of David at the ascent of the wall above the house of David to the water gate on the east. And the other choir, so there's two choirs here. Remember last time we had the choirs opposite one another singing back and forth? Here you've got the first choir. They're going to the south. They're coming counterclockwise. Here you have a second choir. That second choir is going to go to the north, and it's going to move in a clockwise fashion. And then the two choirs are going to meet up on the other side. The other choir of those who gave thanks, there's our word again, went to the north, and I followed with them. This I, Nehemiah, followed with them, half of the people, on the wall, above the tower of the ovens, to the broad wall, and above the gate of Ephraim, and by the gate of Yeshana, and by the fish gate, and the tower of Hanael, and by the tower of the hundred, to the sheep gate. And they came to a halt at the gate of the guard. So both choirs of those who gave thanks, again, both choirs to dot of those who gave thanks, stood in the house of God. And that's the point of where it ends. They walk on the walls. They dedicate the walls to stand in the house of God. And there, Nehemiah, I, and half of the officials with me, and the priest, Eliakim, Messiah, Menemim, Micaiah, Elanai, Zechariah, Hanai, with trumpets, and Messiah, Shemai, Eleazar, Uzai, Jehonan, Malkajai, Elam, and Ezer, and the singers sang with Jezariah as their leader. Now note here, the leader of the choirs is even mentioned in the text. There's some importance here that the leader of the choirs mentioned. It's not typical as we look through the Old Testament. Look at verse 43. Verse 43 is where we see that joy or rejoice five times. And they offered great sacrifices that day and they rejoiced now here's key where did the joy come from how do you rejoice at all but especially in times of difficulty for god had made them rejoice with great joy and the women and the children also rejoiced everybody rejoiced and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. They were so loud in their rejoicing. They were so loud in their singing that the joy was heard far away. And everybody must have been asking, what in the world is going on here? A few key things for you out of this portion of the text that I want to highlight. The shift back to the first person. They went onto the wall. Remember back to Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 3, where Tobiah was making this accusation and he said to them about their puny little wall, Oh, if a fox goes up on your puny little wall, your wall will fall. Baseless accusation. Oh, so now that has to be in Nehemiah's mind when he sends one choir up on the wall, another choir up on the wall and these two great choirs are marching around and meeting on top of the wall the wall eight to nine feet wide with all these people on top of it and i bet if he's like me if he's as sinful as i am somewhere in the back of his mind he had to be looking around for tobiah asking the question tobiah do you see us now do you see all the people on the wall you want to criticize what god can do and what god's up to take a look at what god has done Maybe he's not quite as sinful as I am, but that would have been in the back of my mind. 
Two great choirs giving thanks. We've already mentioned the word there. The first choir went south and counterclockwise. The second one went north. They had the trumpets. Oh, think about this. At one point in time, the sword and the trowel, they had their weapons and they were working with their weapons while others stood watch because they were fearful for their life. And here at this point, the culmination of all this, they're carrying instruments, not swords. They're not carrying weapons because God had taken away all the enemies. God had made everything okay. And with great joy and rejoicing and all of the choirs coming together, they sang with such joy that everybody around them heard of what God had done. Long for the day. We're much more worried about worshiping the Lord than we are masks and illnesses. When we're much more focused on the one true king than on a coronavirus. Ezra the scribe went before one group. Nehemiah went with the other group. Both choirs gave thanks. They both rejoiced. They all rejoiced. What did they sing? We don't know. I don't know what they sang. I, I, there's no telling what they sang. They could have sang a, a host of psalms. Uh, but some scholars actually contend that perhaps Psalm 147 was at the dedication. Let me read it to you. Pay attention to this. It says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. Fits the occasion. Verse 2 of Psalm 147. The Lord builds up Jerusalem and he gathers the outcast of Israel. Well, maybe. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. This helps us right now where we are. He determines the number of stars. God is all-powerful. He gives names to them. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble and casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Oh, that fits our text. Make melody to God on the lyre. That fits our text. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes the grass to grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to their young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. That's what we should be doing right now is hoping in the steadfast love of the Lord. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. Oh, that fits our text. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends out his commands to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and his waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know his rules. Praise the Lord. Perhaps that's what they saw. We don't know. We move on to point number three. Provision for continued celebration. Verses 44 through 47. On that day meaning perhaps the exact same day, although we know in the ESV anyway, on that day is also in 13.1. We'll come back and address that next week. On that day, men were appointed over the storerooms, the contributions, the first fruits, and the tithes to gather them the portions required by the law for the priest and for the Levites according to the fields of the towns. For Judah rejoiced over the priest and the Levites who ministered, and they performed the service of their God 
and the service of purification, as did the singers and the gatekeepers, according to the command of David and his son Solomon. For long ago in the days of David and Asaph, there were directors of the singers, and there were songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. And all Israel in the days of Zerubbabel and in the days of Nehemiah gave the daily portions for the singers and the gatekeepers, and they set apart that which was for the Levites, and the Levites set apart that which was for the sons of Aaron. Judah rejoiced over the priest and Levites. There is rejoicing over those who are faithful ministers. You note the word service appears here in verse 45. It appears twice. Service of their God and the service of purification. We should note that everything we do in this life should be to the service of our God and to the service of others. We should want to serve. We should not want to lord. We should check our attitudes. We should not be all focused on us, but we should be focused on others. And that's why some of our core values here at Cedarville love God and love others. Verse 46, we see tradition. We see David and Asaph mentioned. There's a long tradition of good music and good worship. Verse 47, we see that the people supported the ministry. So to those of you not grossly financially affected by COVID-19, I just want to say to you, those of you that can, make sure you continue to support your local churches. Local churches rely on the ties as a pastor's son. I know anytime we had to cancel church for any reason, snow, ice, whatever it may have been, uh, the ties don't usually come in. It puts these churches in a difficult situation of how to minister and love and treat their people well. So I would just encourage you, it's not in this text, but just as a point of application, they supported the ministry, we should support the ministry as well. So join me in making sure you continue to tie to your local churches. Wrapping this thing up, Thanksgiving occurs repeatedly. We should be thankful people. We have much to be thankful for even in this time. Rejoicing occurs five times in one verse. The work continued. Often it's not the dedication that's the hard part, it's the continued work. We'll come back to that next week. So we go back to our main idea. We are to rejoice and give thanks for what God has done. We should worship Him. We should gratefully acknowledge the good gifts God has given us. We see this in the New Testament as well, and in two particular verses, one of which Dr. Kimball recently has highlighted, in Ephesians 5, 18 through 21, it says, Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. There's a joyfulness there because singing from our hearts brings the joy. Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hard things to do right now. That parallel passage in Colossians 3, 16 and 17, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. It's the Word. Even as we talk about being filled with the Spirit, it's through the Word that the Spirit speaks, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. By the way, if it's through the Word the Spirit speaks, your daily quiet time's incredibly important. Stay in the Word. Keep those rhythms of life. Read the Word. No Bible, no breakfast. All right, back to this. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So what's our application today? Number one, what are you thankful for? What makes you rejoice? There are many things, important things. My God, salvation, the grace of the gospel, my family, my health, Cedarville University. There are other things that as I look out and begin to take note of the list, the blooms on the trees that indicate spring is coming, a blue sky up above, the warmth of the sun, the green grass that is below, 
a fresh cup of coffee in the morning. There are things that make us rejoice, and we should give thanks for them. A deep breath, the ability to work out, and and the good feelings you have after exercise, a restful sleep at night in a warm, safe, secure location. Safety and security. Oh, but it's the gospel. That no matter what I have in this life, there are some things that money can't buy and that death can't take away. There are some things that await for us, the good things of eternity, that we can hold fast to even in times of great tragedy or uncertainty to say that God's word is true and certain. And for that, I am thankful. I am thankful that I'm not in charge. I can rest in assurance that there's a sovereign God on the throne and that sovereign God that is on the throne has all of this under control. He's not surprised by it. He is still sitting on his throne right now. He has it under control. So I don't have to. I can plead to my heavenly Father who loves me and who has adopted me, and I am thankful for that, and it makes me rejoice. Second application here, music matters. So I've been giving you a couple of songs to listen to as we turn our hearts to worship God. I've got two for you today that I would point to that points back to really what makes me thankful, what makes me joyful. These two songs really right now resonate with me. They they comfort me. They, they, They draw my attention and affections towards Christ they, they frequently bring a lump in my throat or tears in my eyes as I think about what God has done. Let me say to you, those of you who have the ability to compose and write music and to put that together, we need you writing solid, theologically solid music that focuses our attention towards God. So write. Use those gifts for God's glory. Death was arrested by North Point. Oh, I love this song. Our Savior displayed on a criminal's cross... Darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost, but Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. That's when death was arrested and my life began. It doesn't matter what's going on in this world. I can be thankful and joyful for that because we're free. We're free. Forever we're free. So come join the song of all the redeemed. Yes, we're free, free, forever, amen, when death was arrested and my life began. Oh, God, I'm so thankful for salvation. Such a merciful, gracious God that saved a sinner like me. I think about His mercy is more. It's by Matt Papa and some others. It has this line in it. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. I'm thankful for God's continued grace in my life that even though my heart is prone to wonder prone to flee the God I love, that every morning His mercies are new, His grace is sufficient, so that every morning before my feet hit the floor, I can lift my thoughts to heaven and say, God, will you help me this day to walk in wisdom filled with the Spirit, allowing your word to dwell in me richly so that I may be used for your kingdom. And then that day, the Lord gives me grace and mercy. He, through His word, speaks to me and through His Spirit ministers to me. Don't forget to learn to walk with God if you haven't already. It's your faith. It's your theology. It's your belief. You are the one that has to dig into the Word. You are the one that has to apply the Word. You are the one that has to live out the Word. Own it. It's yours. And then number three, events are important. I couldn't help but think about this this morning. This past week, I greeted several who have been cleaning out. Yeah, I know I probably wasn't supposed to. Six feet distance sometimes. I greeted several 
just just to let them know that graduating seniors, we love you. We're gonna do something. We sent out the survey to our seniors. It's something, I don't know whether it'll be this fall, I don't know whether it'll be the summer, I don't know when it will be yet. We're looking at that data that came back. But those seniors know, just like I know right now, events are important. The things we are missing allow us to think about the importance of, of signifying things through events and through gatherings and through people. And all the more, right now, we understand that this life is about the people we go through it with. It's about God. It's about those great times when we can rejoice together. We're not going to take those times for granted like we perhaps have in the past. So when we celebrate things like deaths and burials, we come together to celebrate the life of the person. When we come together for anniversaries or birthdays or for weddings or for graduations and celebrations, we come together and we celebrate together what God has done through individuals, through events, through things, through struggles, through life, through whatever. So today, these are your application points. What are you thankful for? What makes you rejoice? Focus on that. Don't focus on what we're missing out. Don't focus on the bad things. Focus on the good, on the right, on the joyful. Listen to a couple of songs. Maybe you don't like my song choices. That's okay. Pick your own. Things that make you rejoice. Listen to a couple of songs. Focus your heart on God and then make sure that joy and that thankfulness goes out to others. Many of you are in a house where it's not normal and, and we grate on each other's nerves sometimes and sometimes we're short and sometimes we're, we're not as forgiving as we should be. So today... Let's refocus ourselves to say, let's, let's be joyful, let's be thankful. Because we have a God who is gracious and merciful and much to be thankful for. God is faithful. You can trust Him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, you're a good God. Lord, we worship you, we bow down before you, we humble ourselves before you, we thank you and we give praise to you because you are merciful and you are gracious and you are to be praised above all things. So Lord, we lift your name high. Help us in our lives today as we walk through to serve you well. Help us to have the joy of the gospel. Lord, give us joy in the things that can't be taken away from us. Give us joy in the things that you hold that nobody can take from you. Lord, give us joy that you are the lamb who is worthy to open the book, to open the seals, that you are the one who writes our names in the Lamb's book of life, that, Lord, you are the one that grants us eternity, that, Lord, whatever may happen around us, even though all else may crumble, you will never fail. Your word will stand sure. Lord, may we take joy and comfort in that, that you are the sovereign, holy, righteous God. We thank you and praise you for your mercy in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that you'll stand for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen.